And greetings. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse. And as always, we're wishing you the best. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going on which you can find at naturalnurse.com. And if you go to naturalnurse.com and just go to the bottom of the page, the very bottom of the home page, it says subscribe to receive newsletters, which of course are free. Once you put your email in there and nothing else, we ask for nothing else, we don't care where your address or anything, just your email, then you have to go back and check your email in and also check spam. And that would come from Health Realizations. They're the organization that runs our newsletter. And then you have to say, yes, I want. In other words, double opt in. And if you ever no longer want to receive it, it's real easy to just hit a very clear unsubscribe button once. You don't have to beg us or anything. A lot of people don't want to even get emails. You can just go every time, anytime you want to naturalnurse.com. You can find out about the many books that Dr. Zamperone and I have written, including such books as Arthritis, the Alternative Medicine Definitive Guide, Weight Loss, The Natural Medicine Chest, The Natural Guide to Great Sex, Cycles of Life, Herbs and Energy Techniques for the Stages of a Woman's Life, Synchronous Connections, A Personal Journey in Non-Ordinary Reality, Keys to Virility and Vitality, Supplements for Pain, and lots more books and also free articles that are on the station, as well as you can see where might you want to get um, EMF, electromagnetic field meters and shielding. We have really good ones that would be helpful for those who are sensitive to electromagnetic field. And we have career paths in natural health. Let's say you would like to make more of your income doing something you love. And if you're listening to this station and listening to our show, The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, then you love natural health because we've been bringing you natural health information on air since 1987. That is when we started this radio show and several other radio shows. By the way, you can also now get, of course, all our shows as podcasts. You just go to that little podcast square on your phone, if you have such a thing, and then you put in, just type in the natural nurse and Dr. Z, and you will get a direct podcast link to all the shows that are right here that Dr. Zamfrod and I do on Progressive Radio Network. And if you're not a person who likes to do that, you can just go to naturalnurse.com under media and you will see all our shows right here that you can listen to right from the website anytime. So we have an amazing array of 100% free information for you, as well as articles and classes. Now, in terms of classes, that's updated constantly. So classes that are coming up right now. One is called Healing Kitchen Doctor Series, and this is free. And we're inviting you to learn about the power of food, which many of you know, it's called Let Food Be Thy Medicine. 
and there's a click on there that you register for free and that's a healing kitchen series which there will be nine different series that you can watch them for free starting soon and each day you get one to watch until they're all done and there's a few times they let you catch up if you miss some and these have amazing teachers many of whom i know such as Emily, who is the head of several organizations, including the Florida School of Holistic Living, where I'm a teacher, and um, that's Emily Ruff, and many wonderful teachers. So you just go to classes and events, and you will see that first one you can click on. It's called Healing Kitchen DocuSeries, so you can learn how to gather herbs outside and make them into your food and medicine. Then we have lots coming up right now, right now, right now, the next week or so, we have our Autumn Wild Edible and Herb Identification Outside Walk, and that's at Restoration Farm in Old Beth Page that always sells out. So if you want to come to that, go to naturalnurse.com and classes and you'll see that one autumn wild edible and herb identification walk and then the very next day we have one that's very popular which is an, an herb walk but also a medicine making workshop where we go out and gather wild edible and medicinal plants and we teach you how to identify them and then we take them into the greenhouse and you make your own you make your own smudge sticks, you make your own salves, and you make your own herbal tinctures. We usually make a cough syrup because it's that time of year when it's good to have some natural cough syrup around. And then we have a lot of online classes coming up. Our online classes, uh, one that's coming up is herbs for eye health and electromagnetic fields. So how to offset electromagnetic fields and also, you know, keep your eyes in good shape. And another one on ear infections, natural support. What do you do if someone you know, such as a child, gets ear infections? Because the physicians say, watch and wait. And then we have another one on FDA and FTC regulations for herbal products. If you want to have herbal products as part of your income, you want to sell them, I would say stop. Just stop and learn first because those things are highly regulated by the FDA and FTC. And your pockets, unless you're extremely well off, are not deep enough to offset one of their attacks. That I will tell you. So that's not the first choice. You can certainly learn about herbs, make your own herbs, use them for yourself, use them for your family, use them for gifts. But when you want to use them as something you're going to sell, please don't do that until you take our class about uh, what goes on legally with offering herbal products or natural products in the marketplace. So all that is available for you at naturalnurse.com under classes. And you can also send us a private email. Tell us about what you'd like to learn about. And we'd love to hear from you. And today we're so happy to bring on board as our guest, Dr. Rob Verkirk 
and he is a PhD, and he's with the Alliance for Natural Health. I would write that down, Alliance for Natural Health. And I found their website by going to anh-usa.org. Of course, we'll have a, a live link. But if you just type in Alliance for Natural Health, you will find the website. And he has been involved in natural health for 40 years with experience in the nonprofit sector, academia, and his extensive background is in ecology and sustainable agriculture, including a postdoctoral fellowship at Imperial College in London. He has been the executive and scientific director of the Alliance for Natural Health USA recently after serving on the organization's board as a scientific director for almost two decades. So this is a topic that he is very familiar with. So thank you so much for being our guest today, Dr. Robert. Ellen, fantastic to be with you again. Um, and what, what an amazing, just listening to the range of things that you are doing, you hit so many of the sweet spots that are so dear to all of us as well. And if only more people could could understand just how powerful natural health is, um, we would be living in a much healthier, saner environment than we are today. Well, that is true on every level. In fact, I'm also involved with the NIH um, in their what they call Whole Person Wellness Committee. And there, very large groups of health professionals actually internationally from around the world. Their position paper is that natural remedies and food, like we talked about that uh, food is your medicine conference, which is available free right now, uh, should be the standard of practice that every single doctor that you go to, the first thing you should be recommended is actual specific foods for your condition, along with herbal medicine, and yes, even homeopathy and mind-body medicine, deep breathing, massage, that should be number one. And then if that doesn't work, we could consider something like pharmaceuticals and surgery, of course, if needed. And actually, my deep belief is that most everyone should get through their entire life without any pharmaceuticals at all, such as my mother is doing, who's 95 years old. So it's not like you're supposed to get these pharmaceuticals. Exactly. No, we, we none of us really suffer from a deficiency of pharmaceuticals. It, it, it is extraordinary that we, when you look at the criminal convictions as well as the payoffs, the settlements that the pharmaceutical industry has had to pay out, that we have what is on paper um, very clearly probably the most corrupt industry the planet has has ever seen, and yet we basically allow them to be the primary suppliers of healthcare products and services. It and more importantly, wait, I just want to say where you come yes. into this, and they are the primary suppliers of healthcare information. Correct. And that's where they're starting to choke more and more. Because what the Alliance for Natural Health is focused on is keeping Americans access to information as well as the availability to access natural health. 
That's right. So we, we, I mean, we've taken a number of cases. We've taken three cases directly against the FDA that have all been successful to prevent them um, removing freedom of, freedom of speech in relation to health claims. Um, so, for example, the the relationship between um, selenium. Uh, and its cancer protective effects. I mean, that essentially, as you know, that the drug definition that was came into being in 1962, um, the Kafava Harris amendments in the 1938 Food, Drug and Cosmetics um, Act, that set the scene at a time when thalidomide was found to be a pretty disastrous drug, causing very widespread. Um, defects amongst the children born to pregnant women. And, and so we saw a parallel in Europe with exactly the same thing. And then over the, the years, what has happened is that they've fine-tuned this definition to ensure that anything that is used to treat, cure, prevent, mitigate disease or any condition is going to be called a drug. So essentially, we live in this world of regulatory capture, um, and it's not just capture, as you say, Ellen, of products, it's capture of free speech and information um, and fully in breach of the First Amendment. And that's why um, the US is such an important battleground to get this set up, because um, the founding fathers knew what they were doing when they created the extraordinary constitution that was probably, when you look at it, you think, how on earth did they know what could happen or what might happen? Um, it was beyond what, what they had experienced, although they'd experienced some pretty horrendous things from the Brits up until that point. But um, we have to make sure every freedom that we enjoy today has been the result of people um, battling for that freedom. And we now you know, have a much more complicated battle ahead of us. And if I can raise the T word, Ellen, transhumanism, essentially the choice that we're being taken, drawn towards, is this idea of technological transcendence, of taking technology, being so addicted to it, that we believe everything can be solved, every problem that humans have, whether it's climate change, COVID, or any kind of health problem, we will have a technological solution. And that technology is always going to be superior, it puts humans and, and the whole of nature in a subordinate position to technology. And of course, there are, um, you know, while you have Yuval Noah Harari and his followers who are feeding information to world governments and the World Economic Forum, um, pushing that line very much, saying that... Right, so uh, now you brought something interesting up. Yeah. Dr. Robert, and I just want to remind our listeners that you are listening to Dr. Robert Burkeck right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, and a very good place to find out more about today's topic is um, something that you want to Google or just look up, and that is the Alliance for Natural Health. Now, you mentioned before about the United States, but now you're broadening the conversation, which I think is really more where this is going, because I know even in terms of the vaccination mandates, they are talking about something through the World Health Organization, where everyone would need their vaccine cards to travel internationally. Yeah, I mean, if we look at May 
2024. It's an incredibly important date where a decision will be made through the World Health Assembly about whether sovereignty should be passed from individual nation states, of which there are 194 that are members of the World Health Organization, to a group of people, and in fact, ultimately, supremely, to Tedros, who heads up currently the World Health Organization, to have supreme power in the event of a pandemic or a potential pandemic. And they even have the powers to determine what may be um, a, a particular virus or pathogen of international concern. You, you saw them trying it with monkeypox. Um, uh, and, and obviously with COVID, you can see the whole machinery, the, pan, the global pandemic machinery is all warming up now to see what can happen. Now, critical within the United States in particular is to say, we need to guard that sovereignty because it's it's so importantly protected by the constitution that if you decide to give it away effectively you renege on the constitutional rights that have made america um what it has been so this is a really critical time uh, a lot of americans are not familiar with what what is happening um, at the WHO level, but you're absolutely right. We're, we're moving. There is a general sh shift that that any major, you know, uh, independent or even semi-independent uh, uh, correspondent journalist will tell you about. This is a shift towards authoritarian creep, where governments, Western governments that have long been, you know, free markets and and democratically governed, are moving to an ever more um, authoritarian status. And the two issues that are being used to drive this process, one is COVID and potentially other pandemics, and the other one is climate change. Um, and of course, you'll know that both of them, we're being offered a technological solution. You know, we're, we're technological solutions in terms of very specific um, vaccination programs like mRNA vaccination programs with no real consideration of what an individual might do to protect their immune system naturally. Um, anyone who's engaged in early treatment and, and all the medical doctors that were pioneering early treatment and using um, hydroxychloroquine and uh, ivermectin and vitamin D and quercetin, et cetera, all of them got absolutely savaged um, by, by governments, their medical boards, um, by the NIH. So um, this this is just a critical time. And climate change, a similar thing is happening. You know, the, the, the debate is being narrowed down to a very specific view of carbon and very specific carbon capture technologies, electric vehicles, um, um, you know, as well as a financial system that underpins it, which is also being used to accelerate the shift towards, um, you know, a centralized digital currency. Um, and that that is all happening together. So we're seeing a, a lot of collapse of existing systems and replacement with new systems. And of course, what we'd argue is that um, we all can play our part. We don't have to be passive bystanders just watching all this happen. In history, as ever before, when there has been, you know, governments pushing in a direction that the 
the populace don't want to go. We have seen um, successful um, revolutions. And our sense is that this revolution is going to be a peaceful revolution. And it's very much about us going on and living our lives as independently as possible and deciding not to necessarily comply with edicts that don't make any sense. And there's a lot of it around at the moment. So if you go to Alliance for Natural Health website, you'll see a lot of these things, which are unbelievably important if you want to be able to have access to your natural health. Like, are there vitamins and minerals you like to take? Are there articles you like to read? I'll give you an example, Dr. Mercola. He, I worked with him for several years, and his whole site was taken down. He was uh, really fined huge amounts of money. Thank God he's been able to withstand that. Why? For telling people how they could take care of themselves using evidence-based remedies during COVID. So it's not like this didn't happen or it's in the future. This is right now. And if you look at, at the Alliance for Natural Health, they talk about health autonomy. It's your body and you have the right to decide how to manage it. What about focusing on sustainable regenerative agriculture so that the food you eat is not made in a test tube in a laboratory, but contains real vitamins and minerals. So you can go to the ahn-usa.org or just type in Alliance for Natural Health. You have so much information here, Robert. It's a wonderful site. Well, look, you, you touched on so many areas, you know, that when we make our own choices, if we look at um, the various challenges we face, of course, there, there are many, but a lot of them are within our control. So if we choose to buy pesticide free foods, we can do that. And it doesn't necessarily all need to be um, premium priced organic produce. There are more and more farmers who are just choosing not to use um, pesticides. Um, you know, a, a lot of pesticides in conventional food go in right at the end. The, the problem with glyphosate residues um, that is now, a, you know, a ubiquitous poison throughout the world that has all sorts of impacts um, on the body, including on, on mitochondria, is particularly bad because it's not used just as a herbicide. It's used as a desiccant where it's applied just prior to harvest to make it easier to harvest cereal crops. So, um, and, and well, then just to remind our listeners, you're, you're saying glyphosate, correct, but it's also called Roundup yes, in case they yes. don't recognize that kind exactly. of word. And your organization has been talking about this for years. We, we have indeed. And of course, we've been more recently raising the specter of the PFAS problem. This is uh, per and polyfluoroalkyl substances that are they they are they all have the strongest bond known in chemistry between carbon and fluorine. So instead of being organochlorines that like aldrin, dealdrin, heptachlorchlordane and DDT, these are bonded to fluorine. So Teflon is one example. But they are everywhere because they have remarkable properties in terms of their resistance to to both oils and water. So you'll find them on, you know, uh, water repellent clothing. You'll find them on your furniture. You'll find them on all the um, wrappers for fast foods. You'll find them uh, used in automotive uh 
uh, you know, synthetic oils. Um, you'll use on, on those of us who love cycling. Um, and there's a lot of it. You know, PTFE is an example of of a PFAS, and they are now creating havoc. It's it's interesting if you look at all the metabolic diseases and cancers that we're seeing we're seeing this correlation and i know it's it's more of an association but there is now a coming together of the mainstream scientific establishment to say the pfas threat may be the single biggest chemical threat that humans face and um the us is not doing a particularly good job actually some states are doing a pretty good job but at a federal level you know, even though Biden and Harris have come together and said, you know, we're going to look at this and take it very seriously. They're really looking at sort of minimal cleanup for companies like DuPont um, and, and 3M that have been some of the major producers. There are only 12 major producing corporations of PFAS that produce some 12,000 chemicals of which around 260 are very widely used. And you know, at the moment, you don't you don't see a product label that tells you it's got PFAS in. So people are just exposing themselves, uh, you know, to it. They they haven't been given, if you like, the right to know because the information hasn't been given to them. And we've seen that before with GMOs. You know, the the pressure that was existing so long in the US, we didn't have that problem in Europe, but you did in the US until recently on on mandatory labeling of, of GMOs. And now, of course, we they're shifting the goalposts. And they're saying, Oh, we're doing gene editing. But that's different from GMOs, because it's not a whole genetically modified organisms. It's a tweaking. Of yeah, the so they change the definition. Exactly. Correct. Even Correct. though it is. And then now what they're trying to do um, is is push through um, gene editing with no indication to the public or where it is on the basis that that um, if that particular um, trait that is being looked for could be achieved by natural breeding, um, then it's all it's all green light. And we don't have to tell the public about it. And of course, what we know about the non-local effects of tweaking genes when humans start interfering with the genetic code of life, something that we only understand partially when we see the importance of non-local effects. Um, you know, it it is a Pandora's box. And um, we feel very, very strongly that if it is to be done, the public should always know whether they're buying a gene-edited food or not. And, and what about other countries? Because you've been doing this on an international level for lots of years. We, we have. Look, this, this is one of the reasons that we are kind of bringing all of this together and, and very much, I mean, I, I head up both our US and our international effort because so many of the processes. On the GE front, we're now basically in the same place um, in Europe as we are in the US. On the PFAS front, the US is way behind Europe. So um, the science has gone so far as to say um, in Europe that um, it is recognized that even measurable detectable amounts of PFAS in the part per trillion range, um, when humans are exposed to them, particularly in their foods, are potentially harmful, a little bit like xenoestrogens. And therefore, there is now a commitment that the European Chemicals Agency has made to get rid of all of them 
by 2026. Um, on, on the other hand, the US um, is, is between the EPA and the FDA and, and the CDC. The CDC is measuring it in people's bodies and saying, guys, 100% of Americans now have got this stuff in them. So they've actually been the most transparent. The, the FDA is saying, we've tested the food supply, but we find that 97% of the food supply is free of PFAS below the detectable level. Um, so, you know, what we did is we just grabbed four samples of kale from, in fact, eight samples of kale, but organic and non-organic from four different states put it through one of the top testing labs, Eurofins, in, in the US, expecting perhaps to see trace amounts in the non-organic, because we also knew that some pesticides are contaminated with, with PFAS. So we thought there may be, you know, the, 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 the conventional would be contaminated, the organic would be clear. And lo and behold, we found the whole lot other than one sample, 90% of everything was not just mildly contaminated but was heavily contaminated between 100 and 250 parts per trillion so um we're pretty convinced that the um fda's data is either out of date or just plain wrong and they're covering something up we're pretty sure the cdc is probably right in saying that um, almost every american has significant amounts um, running around in their bloodstream um, and and of course it's up to the epa to decide to ban them. And it's kind of sitting on the fence saying, look, we're going to do stuff and we got to deal with the DuPonts and the three M's of this world first. And of course, since we published our report a couple of months ago, the US Geological Society has done a major study of tap water around America and has estimated that 45% of all drinking water is contaminated by PFAS. And we're seeing that there's many other ways it can get into the food. Um, there's been a recent study that shows that um, seven out of eight samples of fertilizer that contains biosolids um, is contaminated with PFAS. So it's, it's basically in the system. It's being circulated through humans and between humans. Um, and most people don't know where on earth it is. So because they're not being told about it. So it's a very okay. significant problem. <laughs> yeah, it is. Now we're going to have to take a little break right here. So our listeners can listen to our natural medicine chest. And when we come back, we will be continuing our discussion with Dr. Robert Verker, PhD, who is working and the information we're giving you today is about Americans' access to natural health, that you can still get natural health products. They are being rapidly taken off the market, such as homeopathy. Lots to learn and also about the action steps you can take by visiting the website nanh-usa.org. You may want to go there while we're on break. And we'll be right back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. On this edition of The Natural Medicine Chest, we'll explore the medicinal properties of the plants of the ephedra genera, focusing on the traditional Chinese ephedra, also known as mahuang. Many species of the plant ephedra are used today in medicine throughout the world. The most medicinal of these are ephedra sinica, or Chinese mahuang, and ephedra nevadensis, also known as Mormon tea. Most of the research on ephedra has been performed on mahuang, whose stems and branches have been used as a traditional Chinese medicine for over 5,000 years, 
in the treatment of asthma, hay fever, bronchitis, as well as the common cold. Ephedra species are erect evergreen shrubs which grow in segmented bamboo-like joints reminiscent of straw ending in thin wisps. They typically are desert plants preferring arid conditions on dry rocky and sandy slopes. The Chinese ephedra, mahuang, has earned an impressive reputation as a source of the alkaloid chemical called ephedrine. In the West, scientists became interested in the medicinal usage of mahuang after they isolated ephedrine and pseudoephedrine in 19. 23. Today, synthetic derivatives have become widely used in prescription and over-the-counter medications. In 1993, over 40 million prescriptions in the U.S. contained these alkaloids. Ephedra and its relatives are considered to act pharmacologically as sympathomimetic compounds. This means that they stimulate the sympathetic part of our central nervous system, responsible for the release of adrenaline, which leads to the fight-or-flight response. Ephedra also affects the cardiovascular system by increasing the blood pressure and causes a relaxation and dilation of the bronchial smooth muscles in asthmatics. Ephedra can shrink the swelling of the delicate mucous membranes which line the respiratory system, thus drying up watery discharges, unstuffing clogged nasal and sinus passages which accompany colds, sinus conditions, and allergies. Both animal and human studies, mahuang has been shown to accelerate weight loss. It has been shown not only to suppress appetite, but to increase the metabolic activity of the adipose or fat tissue. Therefore, ephedra's weight-reducing effects are most significant in individuals who have a low metabolic rate or a sluggish thyroid gland. Mahuang is a powerful herb which, when abused, can cause some unwanted side effects. Ephedra should not be taken by those with high blood pressure, nervousness or anxiety, insomnia, cardiac conditions, or pregnancy. Studies indicate that when used in conjunction with other Chinese herbs in a traditional formula, Mahuang does not have any of these effects and has remarkable beneficial effects on human health. We recommend consulting a healthcare practitioner knowledgeable in the use of botanical medicine before using Mahuang so you can be further educated about its totality of effects. And before using herbal preparations with Mahuang, check to see if you are sensitive to its effects by starting with the minimal dose and working up to a therapeutic dose. Logically, since ephedra is a stimulant itself, it should be used prudently with other stimulants, beverages, or drugs with stimulant effects. Again, consult with your natural healthcare practitioner. So, listeners, remember Mahuang, the traditional Chinese ephedra, and make sure to include it in your natural medicine chest. And welcome back once again to more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. We're so happy to have you with us, and we are so happy to have on board our illustrious guest, Dr. Robert Burkirk, and he is a Ph.D., internationally recognized in the field of health, agriculture, and environmental sustainability. And today we're talking about 
the Alliance for Natural Health. If you go to that website, and welcome back, Dr. Robert, there is so much information. One thing that I always like best about this organization is your action center, where people can easily get involved with things. Like, for instance, what about the genome-edited cow that's going to be in grocery stores? What about that? Yep. Well, look, the the bottom line is we still live in in a democratic society. So, you know, if Congress is not hearing your views, you know, they're not going to be responding appropriately. And it's, um, you know, a lot of people are so incredibly time challenged that we um, we do try and make it easy. We we tend to give people an outline of what the problem is, what the challenge is. And then we develop an action alert that that really um, people can actually send it as is. They can also make any edits if they want to personalize it at all. Um, And um, as a result of that, we really have one of the biggest influences. Uh, I I think it is the biggest in the natural health space um, in, in Congress. So really, really important to engage with that. We send out a free newsletter every week and, um, you know, on almost every newsletter, there are action alerts that you can follow. There is so much going on on so many fronts because we're dealing with um, everything from the food supply, the healthcare system. Um, we're also looking at issues around freedom and free speech and the control of information. We're then looking at issues around agriculture and regen ag as the solution to to conventional agriculture. And we're also looking at many issues of chemicals in the environment and also Ellen, another area that's very close to your heart is the issue of EMFs. Um, And, uh, you know, we are being exposed to an ever greater range of new to nature frequencies and um, waveforms from digital systems as we move towards the Internet of Things. And, you know, many of the... um, you know, leading players in government and, uh, you know, speakers from the, uh, if you like, the scientific establishment are saying there is no problem. But have they studied the international ICNA guidelines that really do not look at the totality of effects from all these systems? Oh, oh, no, worse than that. There's actually a law, a specific law that's from 1996 that they put in place back then that says that you cannot even bring up at a town meeting or anywhere else anything about health in terms of being able to have more of those electromagnetic fields radiating upon us. You can say it doesn't look nice with a tower or something like that, but you cannot even discuss any kind of health effects. It's, I mean, it is extraordinary. We, we've got to know many of the um, leading researchers in, in the field. I, I actually headed up a meeting at the Royal Society in London of international um, experts in that field, and every single one of them, they started off their careers um, often in the 80s and 90s being funded by the major telecoms companies. Once they discovered that it was the non-thermal effects that were causing havoc with biological systems and not just the human brain and the human body, but also with uh, with insects and birds, particularly those organisms that use um, magnetic fields of the earth, subtle magnetic fields or low energy magnetic fields for their orientation. They're getting really 
um, confused and and you know increasingly killed by um, the presence of these fields. So um, it's no wonder that they've created this um, this bucket with a big label on it called conspiracy theory. And the minute that anyone starts to talk about the adverse effects except when you live in Sweden, whereas if you Sweden, I believe, is still the only country in the world that officially recognizes the condition of electro hypersensitivity, where people, um, I'm one, um, who, who um, react um, to electromagnetic field that feels that many people um, don't react to. Well, I'm number two. I'm two then. In well, the there two you go. Of us. Two of us. And that's hey. why one of the reasons <laughs> I have such an intense interest in this area and also let people know about many of the deflecting devices that actually might be somewhat useful. And I found out when I was a child, it's a long time ago, let's say more than seven decades ago, and I would walk into the like a mall you know, an inside mall of stores. And I immediately got disoriented and I just wouldn't go. But years later, I realized it had to do with the electromagnetic fields inside those buildings. It's incredible, isn't it? Uh, You know, one of the things we're really looking at is to understand life and human beings more. We have to go beyond the realms of biochemistry and molecular biology and genetics, which is kind of where the mainstream is stuck. As soon as you start entering the the, the world of, you know, of, of electrophysiology and biophysics, um, there is a huge amount of work going on that shows that humans are fundamentally um, energetic beings of which the this physical form um, that we is so apparent to us is just a part of who we are and we all carry this all important biofield that actually drives the direction of many of the um biochemical processes that we're so familiar with um so it's it's as if we're kind of looking at the human body with this very very limited view and all these decisions are being made on our behalf without actually recognize who we are or what we are which is why um for us it's it's so disturbing to see people like um Yuval Noah Harari going out and saying the idea of free will is you know it is a myth it is an illusion it doesn't exist and what we're going to be developing with increasing um computer power and um uh algorithms is this ability to be able to control externally the emotions of each individual human being. Uh, And um, I mean, that is the entry of transhumanism. It's, you know, this is why even gene editing, there's many elements, even mRNA technology, um, the, the introduction of synthetic biology to healthcare, particularly under a situation where there is either extreme coercion or mandates, um, that's how they're doing it. And it's it's with stealth. And the public isn't really being engaged in this debate when it is one of the most fundamental debates that we should all be having with each other around our dining room tables, on radio programs like this, um, and also in, in, in political spheres, including in Congress. And you will see it does come up in Congress. It comes up in the Senate in particular. Um, and um, But it's very, very hard to make these kind of concerns stick, such as the power of the established views. 
And that's why people can, rather than feel helpless, go to Alliance for Natural Health. The Take Action button is great. I'm sure most of our listeners have heard something about aspartame by this uh, time. You can also go to naturalnurse.com and look up artificial sweeteners. I had articles against aspartame back when they were releasing it. And now, of course, the information comes out. Now, what is aspartame? Never heard of it. How about NutraSweet? How about Equal? Those are aspartame. And they're finding that they're possibly carcinogenic. But they knew that then when they put it on the marketplace. That, that is so right that you know it, it is the same playbook that they use it's the same playbook that tobacco industry used and um you know the, the areas that we can control are really around the healthcare choices that we make which is why actually being able to exercise your free will being able to share information freely from one person to another or from businesses to um to to the public is so crucial and you'll see there you know the, the 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 media system the political system the governmental system the intergovernmental system has really stepped up into that fray now um you know suggesting that censorship is needed because there is so much misinformation disinformation and malinformation but of course they don't define exactly what that is at the moment they would argue that any herbal remedy that Ellen you would be proposing should be the first line of approach to someone with a mild you know self-limiting condition they would say immediately that is misinformation or disinformation and they're using um, as we discovered at the Washington meeting of the Nobel Prize summit in May they are going to be using AI artificial intelligence systems to track all of this down and just eliminate it from social media systems um you know so that you keep marginalizing um more and more um this kind of information but the difficulty is that it's not working that well because um i think the public is a lot more astute than than the system the the, the people who are controlling the narrative think they are and so many people i mean we're hearing so many people saying just do not comply do not comply with this stuff that um uh, and we obviously we there are a whole slew of legal actions that are already in process um and an increasing number of them we're just going to be reporting next week on some of these um are being successful where courts are saying that media companies and even governments are overstepping the mark and um I'm very pleased to see that in an appeal um case very recently the FDA um was told this was a case that was um taken by Paul Marrick Dr Paul Marrick who is one of the um frontline emergency doctors during covid and um it is proven through through appeal and yes it had to get to appeal that um the FDA overstepped the mark and was attempting to um replace the uh, opinion of a medical doctor and it has no right to be able to do that and if a medical doctor and this is in the context of prescribing ivermectin if a medical doctor sees fit and has good reason to prescribe ivermectin to save a life that doctor should be allowed to use it 
and the FDA should not be able to control that. So, um, well, so many issues, so many, many yeah. issues. Well, exactly. we're going to take another break right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. I'd like to remind you that you can always get in touch with us. Myself, Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse, and my illustrious co-host, Dr. Eugene Zamperone, by going to naturalnurse.com or Facebook, the natural nurse, or Instagram, the natural nurse, and you can send us messages. And we're so happy that you're listening. Don't forget to download so you can get our podcasts all the time. They're available on every podcast venue. And we're speaking today to Dr. Robert Verkirk, and he is with the uh, Alliance for Natural Health, and that website is wonderful. I've been looking at it during our whole show. I hope you are too, so you know how to take action to help all of us with these very important issues. We're just going to take a short break here so that Progressive Radio Network, our host station, uh, can tell you more about some great things that are going on there. And when we come back, we will be continuing. We'll be right back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. Will you be digitized? The Great Reset wants to digitize you. They want to track and record all of our data, personal, transactional, medical data as it is happening while we are doing it. Real time. Track and record, track and record, real time. Those Great Reset guys, they are way, way out there. How do we stop them from going way, 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 way out there? with us you have to be with humanity and you have to be informed so you have to be with progressive radio voices and that means you are at prn.live I'm Rodney Harris. And I'm Kyle George. And we are a host of A Different Angle. We're two young men trying to crack open the minds of today's society. Where we'll be talking about mental health and all the struggles from all walks of life. We'll be having special guests and some fun times as well. You can catch us every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern on PRN.live. Hope to see you. These stories with Utrice Lead is now broadcasting live at 5 p.m. Monday through Thursdays. Tune in to hear about and comment on the issues of the day. Following the Gary Nell Show at noon, PRN introduced a panel of esteemed hosts, including Ralph Nader, Naomi Wolf, Jimmy Dore, and others. On Tuesday evenings, you will continue to hear Love, Lust, and Laughter at 6 p.m. and the Progressive Commentary Hour at 7 p.m. Common Censored will now be heard at 8 p.m., and Mark Riley, the intersection of politics and culture, at 9 p.m. Thank you for listening to PRN.Live, the home of progressive radio voice. Here comes 5G, two-way transmission. Ooh, two-way. What do I get? 5G black ops breaking and entering your brain. Well, there's nothing in there to do. 5G psyops, they're going to block you from your own consciousness. How'd they do that? With swarms of WEC nanobots feeding on your soul. 5G thoughts.
thoughts and fighty feelings pulsing in and pulsing out and pulsing in and pulsing out. Which ones are real and which ones are 5G false flags? How do you find out? How do you find out? Well, no matter where you look, nor who you ask, you will only find the complete 5G story when you are with the network where your humanity is in sync with your life, not 5G. And that is only with Progressive Radio Voices at PRN.live. And welcome back to more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. I think that we are back. And uh, lots of interesting information for you. Very good idea is to visit the Alliance for Natural Health so you can take some positive action to support your own ability to get this kind of information. Because as you could hear the whole time we're talking today, there really is a movement to limit your access, to get you to line up, to get you not to use any kind of natural therapies. And certainly we're going to just share a little bit right now about what's going on with homeopathy yes um it's a look it's a huge problem december december 2022 the fda published guidance remember this is guidance so it wasn't actually new from a legislative regulatory point of view but it was a big fat reminder that all homeopathic products that are currently on the market are there illegally so um and and essentially that's because they have created a um a medicines licensing scheme that is like trying to put a square peg into a round hole it does not work and it, it would be way too costly anyway and the fda is still obsessed about this idea of active ingredients when in fact um homeopathic dilutions will often contain the energy um the memory or, or energetic memory of a uh, an active that was there and so they don't conform to the normal requirements of conventional pharmaceuticals um and, and of course this is another area where we see a very very similar system happening in europe they've done the same thing they've brought in a, a medicines licensing system that they call a fast track or a simplified system for um, homeopathic products and no one can get through the door so um it's it's a classic situation this is you know a, another cycle of attacks because obviously since flexner in 1910 the attacks um from carnegie et al have been incessant they they relax for a while and they come back and um ellen as you and i have spoken about before one of the reasons we believe that the there is a renewed attack on homeopathy is because it did so incredibly well for so many people who talk so much about the amazing results they were having during COVID. And so they've got to clamp down on it real hard. That's why we think the guidance came in December 2022. Yes, and also at both Amazon and Walmart just got warning letters last week not to stop selling all homeopathics, but as a preliminary you know, a couple of homeopathics and more and more health food stores are not carrying them. They're getting very difficult to get. 
Yeah, look that, and that is um, happening alongside um, FTC sending warning warning letters out to um, nearly all of the nearly seven hundred leading dietary supplement companies um, with similar warnings. Um, and um, so there is no doubt in our mind across the board, natural medicine is now um, facing some really severe attacks, both in terms of um, products. Um, we're seeing obviously this this regime that they've built. You know, if a, if a drug company likes a natural product, it says, oh, we think we'd like to test this clinically as an investigational new drug, an IND. And, and once they do that, the FDA has the power to tell any supplement manufacturer that is making the same product to take it off the market. So that's exactly what's happening with, with NMN uh, um, nicotinamide mononucleotide, which is a really important um, nutrient, you know, NAD precursor. It's very important in the anti-aging field. Um, and there are a lot of Americans relying on that product. And um, we are um, very much in talks with um, um, the Natural Products Association with the view to taking a legal, uh, a legal action against the FDA on, on that. So um, homeopathy as well. Um, we've got a lot of Senate support um, for um, to try and create a more sensible regulatory route so that they can be um, some bespoke uh, regulatory pathways created for homeopathic products that are not just borrowed from the pharmaceutical industry because they will never work. Well, fascinating information. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Dr. Robert Verkark. Thank you for all your many decades of work in this area and for the wonderful website, which makes it very easy for all of you to stay informed and to take action. And that is the Alliance for Natural Health, ANH-USA.org, or we have a live link at the end of um, our show and the archive when you visit the archive. So thank you so much for being our guest today. Ellen, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and we hope to talk again soon. And thank you listeners for joining us once again for another edition of Nat The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z right here on Progressive Radio Network. Until next week, this is your host, Ellen Kamai at naturalnurse.com, hoping that you Stay healthy.